Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to my good friend, Ron Stefanski. He blogs over at The One Hour Professor and has a great YouTube channel as well. Today, we're going to talk about a specific site that he started in April of 2019. It's earning about $5,000 a month, and we were chatting beforehand. We think the valuation of this site is probably $150,000 to $175,000 if you were to sell it on the open market. And one very interesting thing is this site was almost completely outsourced. He did the initial keyword research, but otherwise he's just been working with contractors and hiring folks. So we're going to get into all the details of this site and hear Ron's story. It wasn't always easy here on this particular site, but Ron, how are you doing today? I'm good, Doug. Thanks for thanks for having me again. It's a pleasure. Uh, excited to be back and uh, talk to your listeners. Hello, everyone. For those that have heard me before. And yeah, you've been a friend of the show and you've been on a few times. So people can go back and hear some of your other stories where we cover other topics. But for the people that didn't hear that, uh, those other episodes, can you give a quick intro about yourself and, and what you do these days? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I had really started in the online business area in about 2014. So it's been quite some time um, since I've been here. Prior to that, I was in, you know, corporate America, digital marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But yeah, since 2014, I essentially have built up a portfolio of websites. Uh, I've sold a few off. I still have quite a few. uh, And I'm kind of working on that every single day. And obviously, um, I think the intro gave it away. I have a team that works with me uh, and under me and everything. So I help direct them with that. And uh, yeah, my, my main focus now is the one hour professor website. But, uh, you know, as, as you said, I have still team working on different things within my portfolio as well. Cool. And just out of curiosity, your first couple sites, how, how did they work out for you? How did you first get started on niche sites and affiliate marketing and just display ad sites and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, a lot of dumb first projects for sure. Uh, I probably went through like seven or eight pretty stupid ideas. Um, and then I essentially landed on one, which I sold for uh, six figures, like mid six figures. It was a, a quite an exit. Um, and that was the one that really put me on the map as kind of an expert in the area, I think. Um, but basically that particular site, uh, there was just a family who family friend who needed something. Um, and I said, Hey, let me, let me kind of look out there and see what's out there for this type of issue. Wasn't finding much. There weren't many competitors in the space. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to just build this, uh, built it out. And that thing just, it was like the unicorn. Uh, it just continued to grow over time and got bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, until, you know, my, my interests kind of, I started to delve into other websites and other projects, started to kind of ignore that one a little bit, probably shouldn't have done that, but did. Uh, and then it hit a point to where there was a lot more saturation in the market, more people competing. And I thought, you know what, I don't really, I'm not that passionate, so I'm just going to sell this thing now. Sold it. Uh, and then I've just been, you know, pretty much building, building other sites since then. So. Okay. And we're going to get into the details for one particular site, but you mentioned you have these other sites, you sold a few. So how many sites total do you have in your stable currently? Um, seven websites. And then one of the things that I do that's unique, uh, I think to me is that my wife, uh, so she originally, uh, comes from Brazil and she was a really big YouTuber in Brazil, like had two point something million followers on a YouTube channel, a personal channel. 
Um, so she was doing that for quite some time, uh, got tired of it, ended up basically exiting that channel. And then we were talking about it and I thought, you know, let's try um, kind of a YouTube model as well to kind of create uh, YouTube content type of channels, like where people are creating videos for you. And there's a whole lot of other stuff to this, but uh, that's another part of the portfolio. So I actually have currently four other YouTube channels as well, but my wife helps manage that whole thing. So she's kind of focused more on YouTube. I'm focused more on websites. Do you earn much money on the YouTube side? Not as much as um, the websites now, because obviously I've been pretty deep into the websites for some time, but I think, I think the YouTube is right around, it's around like 1700 bucks a month or so 15 to 1700 bucks a month, which isn't bad in terms of, you know, investment ROI, et cetera. We're about at a break even every month right now, but we're investing really heavily into a channel that, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's a faceless channel. So we're not recording and everything like ourselves. Uh, it's on a particular niche and we're creating and producing videos um, and we're at about a break even, but it's starting to grow quite a bit. It's actually very exciting. So cool. Yeah. I mean, people are trying to do more and more video, so it's not a bad skill to continue to hone and refine. So, okay, cool. Anything else about the portfolio or the business in general before we dive into this specific site? Um, not in general. I mean, for the most part, I focus on, like I said, I focus on the websites and I help a little bit with the strategy on the YouTube channels. And then I still do uh, a fair bit of like consulting here and there. People reach out to me and, you know, ask for certain things. So um, I work with certain companies to help them with some things. But other than that, that's, that's kind of sums up the portfolio. Okay. And I thought of one thing, how, how big is your team? Can you describe who you're working with? And then we'll get into this specific site. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I have a virtual assistant. Uh, she's in the Philippines. She is awesome. She's been with me now for like, oh, I don't even know. I think she's been with me for probably five or six years. So, um, she's been great. Uh, kind of like my right handed right hand man or woman, whatever you, whatever you, you know, whatever the saying is. Um, so she's been great. And then I also have for all my websites, I have obviously someone that's producing the content. Um, and that generally is, you know, just a writer, um, the, the skill level of the writer really depends on the content being created. So if it's just a random round roundup of, um, you know, something that doesn't require a ton of skill, like backyard decorations, right. I may not get the most expensive writer. Uh, and then you have, um, like with one hour professor, she helps me with some of the writing there. I have a, a different writer for that. Uh, so it depends, you know, pricing and all that depends on what the subject matter expertise required, but, uh, in general, the amount of people that I have, I think at this point, if I think about it, I believe that I have four part-time writers. I have one editor specifically for one hour professor and then one editor that handles my other websites as well. So four writers, two editors, one virtual assistant. Okay. Right. Yeah. So seven. And then if you want to get into like video editors for the YouTube side, we have like two of those and then a script writer. So in total, probably about 10 people, 10 or 11 people. Would you hire more people if you had like the, the means to, or are you at the ideal size of your team right now? Or do you need more people to do more stuff? Um, if I, if I, if money wasn't an issue, um, the one thing I could, uh, get more help with definitely would be, um, more writing and more editing for sure. That's always where I would invest, uh, the bulk of my money, um, is writing and, and editing. 
Um, myself, if I could somehow replace myself to answer my own emails, I'd love to do that. But that's a very difficult thing to outsource. Um, but I think, you know, when I when I look at what websites and projects in general, I look at it as okay, let's get to where we're at a break even in terms of you know, if we're investing five hundred a month, let's make five hundred a month to at least offset that cost, uh, and then I'll carry that over and just keep reinvesting in the business in general. So I think for right now, where the business is at. I think we're at a pretty comfortable level of investment for everything that's happening. Um, I could push a little bit harder and take a little bit less money home, but we have a house and all that. So I think we're at a pretty comfortable level at the moment for everything. Okay. And you do publish your income reports on One Hour Professor. You've done that since the beginning when you were actually losing money for a yep. little while. And yep. it's been cool to see a, what is it like seven years of income reports monthly and just yeah. like how you've earned more over time. So people yeah, check yeah, that it's, out. It, yeah, it's pretty crazy um, to look at, you know, when I look at 2014, that was when I published my first one. And I look at now it's, it's funny because a bad month now would have been an extremely amazing month then, you know, so it, it's funny to see how far it's come. Okay. In April of 2019, you started a new site and tell us about it. Why'd you start a new site at that time and walk us through it? We'll get into a lot of the details here, but I'll just let you open it up and tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so with everything, I'm not going to disclose the URL. Sorry guys, if you want to see that, uh, I just don't do that because I've had some bad experiences with copycats and such. So, um, but basically there was, uh, you know, a niche of, of people that had a specific problem. Um, most of my sites are built on this, uh, either like it's a, something that they're passionate about or they have a problem with. Yeah. Like a erectile so, dysfunction or something, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be if you want to go that <laughs> route, balding, uh, but yeah, like okay, <laughs> yeah balding, you know, Hey, Hey, there's, you know, that's the thing too. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in general, um, this particular site was built for a niche of, of people that had a specific problem. Uh, and they're kind of looking for information, uh, regarding this and reference points for, you know, around specific things related to it. And I just decided, okay, well, um, I'm going to create this site. I honestly, at the time, uh, it's, it, it was difficult to even want to create it because there is like no affiliate. There's no affiliate angle on this. There's really not. Uh, if you knew the site, you would understand there's like maybe one product I could possibly do an affiliate. But it was like, hey, this is going to be display ads. This is just pretty much going to be display ads. So, uh, and the commercial intent is not there either. This is not a group of people that, you know, all advertisers are clamoring to, to get in front of. Um, so I had created the site not really knowing what to expect, hoping for like 500 to 1,000 a month. Uh, and it's very, very well surpassed, uh, those expectations so far. So yeah, that's how it all started. Um, and like you had mentioned though, it's been mostly, um, outsourced. I mean, I, I did the keyword research and honestly, I kind of just handed it over, uh, to my team cause they have, they've been through this quite a few times with different websites that I have and, and you know, it's been going from there. Okay. So you thought of this group of people, you knew there probably weren't any products. It was going to be informational in general. So I think you probably started doing the keyword research. Can you talk us through the keyword research, your approach? And then when did you think, oh shit, like this is really good. I can't keep myself from registering another domain and starting a new site. So what signs did you see in those keywords that made you think I have to do this? Yeah, that's a good question. Way to dig it out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. So 
so with this particular website, um, I saw there was a, uh, you know, I, I originally got the idea and then I dove into Google to kind of look at who was out there in the niche, right? What, how many sites there were. I saw one main competitor that was kind of doing my idea. Um, I saw like two or three that did some of my idea and I thought, wow, this is a pretty underserved niche. So that's always a great sign if you can find those diamonds in the rough. They're not easy to find because most websites, you know, have been built, but they're definitely out there. So this is one where it was like, okay, well, there's not a ton of competition. So that's a good thing. Uh, and then I started to do the actual keyword research because it's great to not have competition, but if there's no keyword volume or anything, it doesn't matter. Um, so I started to do the keyword research and I started to notice that there was actually some really high volume keywords here, uh, that I mean, pretty much nobody, you know, like except for that one competitor was really ranking for. So I thought, okay, so then I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, what else is in the, the keyword research that I'm seeing? One of the things that I saw a lot of, um, are a lot of the like general question and answer type of sites like Quora. Uh, and at the time, Yahoo Answers, I think, was still active. So I was just seeing these random things that it was like, wow, these are uh, just, you know, usually pretty beatable. Um, so I saw those, those all those signs and I thought, OK, well, let me kind of dive in deep to do the actual keyword research myself. I did a lot of the keyword research and I saw a lot of potential for just a lot of traffic. Um, like I said, wasn't even sure on how well it would monetize because like I said, this had no commercial intent. So it's one of those where you're like, well, should I make it? Shouldn't I? And then when you do the math and you think about it, you're like, well, even if it makes 500,000 bucks a month, eventually that's going to out, outpace the the cost of producing content. So let's go for it. And, and at this point, I'm, you know, I'm in a situation to where I can take that gamble. Um, so I did. And like I said, it's uh, paid off pretty well. But yeah, I'd say the biggest thing was like the lack of competition is a big, big one. Uh, and then just seeing a lot of search volume and then looking at the competitors and saying, well, can I do it better than they can? And definitely I could. And I started to, and it started to work. And you did find a few competitors in, you know, one of the things that I, I tell people to look for is you, you want to find a few competitors, hopefully not too many, but is that something you look for to sort of prove the market that some people are out there? getting a little traffic, making a little bit of money, or do you, would you rather see like a completely empty field of competition where there's no other sites? Any thoughts on that? Yeah. If I could ever find one that had absolutely no competition, I would love it. Uh, especially if there was high volume searches, but generally speaking, I, I really feel like almost everything's been done. Like it's not that you can't do it better. Uh, it's that it's probably been done to a certain degree. So you may find, like I said, I had one direct competitor and then like three or four kind of indirect, right? They had some of the stuff, but not all that, you know, so it was kind of the angle I was going at. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, if you're researching something and you see like, I don't know, one to even 10 competitors, that's not a bad thing. Like they're proving the concept. And if they're still, you know, if you look at their blog posts and they're still publishing content well, they're still obviously active. So there's obviously money to be made there. So I'd take it either way. If I can, if I can find a website uh, or an idea that has like, I don't know, five or 10 or less competitors, I'm thrilled uh, at this point because it's on, then it's like, great, I can jump into here. Uh, Cause I feel like those more competitive things, you know, there can be hundreds, if not thousands of competitors with websites. So, okay. 
Very cool. Is there a certain number of keywords that you look for? I know you're you're big on keyword research, so sometimes people look for a certain threshold before they even pull the trigger. Do you have anything like that? Um, I don't in particular because I've kind of found that like you start out with the basics of well, that's where a competitor really helps, right? Because when you look at a competitor, you can kind of look at what are they ranking for, what have they done, and then you start to understand things. So I usually will start there and kind of do like a I call it like a keyword dump, just kind of looking at literally hundreds, if not thousands of keywords, sorting by volume. I take like a full 24 hours to really go through that sheet and understand everything to get a full scope um, of kind of what the niche is and what's available. Uh, But I don't have like a specific one, but I will say, you know, at this point, I've made the mistake of niching down too far um, with a site before, right? And I think the max that that ever got per month was like, 20 to 30,000 visitors, which wasn't terrible, but it definitely, you know, was like, eh, I'd, I'd rather get at least like a hundred thousand or so. So now when I look at my estimates and things, I think, well, you know, let's make sure that this is big enough before we really move on it. And like this one, if I remember right, I think that like the potential, you know, volume, if I were to get number one and everything, I think was like four or 500,000 a month, which I'm not there. Uh, but you know, that kind of gives you an idea where my head's at. Like, yeah, there's some room for some, some growth in this area, you know? What what is the monthly traffic right now? Um, right now, I believe it's at around. I think it's around one hundred and fifty thousand ish per month page views per month. Okay, can you take us through some of the the growth? I know th- this was a brand new site on a fresh domain, right? Yep. So yep. yeah, can you talk about the growth trajectory? I mean, it's just over two years old. It's like two and a half years old. So yeah, how how was it? Did it like skyrocket or? Was it slow growth like everyone else? Yeah, no, it's been, um, this one for sure has been a slow and steady in- increase. Uh, it, it, there was never like the rocket ship type of thing. Uh, it never really went down a ton. It never really went up a ton either. Um, it's been pretty much just kind of climbing every single month uh, since, you know, since it really started, to be honest with you. Um, and I've created a ton of content with it. I should say one thing that I, have forgotten to say is that I did one link building quote unquote campaign with it. Um, at about month, I think it was about month seven or eight. I did a one link build, building campaign, just built out a big piece of content or a good, you know, well-researched piece of content, well-written emailed it out, you know, did a shotgun email blast to, I remember like 500 targets or something, got like 20 to 30 links back and I haven't done anything since. Uh, and now it's actually getting links, uh, organically, which is nice. So, um, but yeah, in general, it's been pretty much just kind of growing, you know, the first year it was slow and then every month thereafter, it's pretty much been increasing. So did you see anything interesting at the six or 12 month time frame from a quote sandbox perspective? Um, six month. No, I do feel like six month is a little bit too early. Um, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm looking at a graph right now. So, uh, I did see a little bit of an increase. I actually saw around month seven or seven or eight, it went down a, just a teeny bit. So it went up and then it went down a teeny, teeny little bit, then back up. Uh, and then at about a year, it looks like here, that's when honestly, right at the year mark, it looks like that next month, it really started to increase, uh, and just started to go up, uh, and has been going up pretty much ever since then. So gotcha. I've seen that 12 month sort of time frame too. <laughs> so, and it also the, what'd you say? Month seven or eight around the time you were doing your link building, 
Google's messing with you, right? And then mm -hmm. you get a little dip in traffic. You're like, oh shit. Yep. <laughs> are, this, are these links bad? Yep. Um, but in, in the long run, it worked out okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, that, and that one was, um, I mean, that is a little scary too, you know, because you're like, what is going on? Like, are the links bad? But I, having the experience that I have, I knew that they were good links because these were earned links. They were relevant, you know, all that stuff, all the good stuff. So it was kind of like, you know, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like people that when they're new to the sites, they, they sweat so much month to month and it doesn't always make sense to do that. Like if it goes down, be like, okay, well, if it goes down for two more months in a row, now I got to worry about something. So, um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause it was up then down a little bit, then up. And then about a year is when it kind of stayed flat for a second and then really started to shoot up even more. Okay, cool. So it took a little time to get some traction. And can you tell us how many posts are on the site and maybe like the average length and I, I don't know, like the style of the content too, because it's informational. A lot of people often think like just affiliate reviews or just yeah. sort of question kind of content. So yeah, what, how much content, length of it, all those details. Yeah. So I have about 150 um, informational blog posts is what I call them. So those are kind of um, answering questions that are relevant to the, the to the audience, uh, and then I have about sixteen hundred informational pages on the website, which are essentially um, you know just a database full of information for what these people are looking for. Uh, so it just those particular pages, and I know sixteen hundred's a lot, uh, but we're writing about ten a week, so um, it's just uh, you know information about information that, that random people are looking for. It's kind of like a database or a hub of a ton of information. Um, in terms of like the average length, it's hard for me to say because, uh, like the blog posts, I will say probably between like a thousand to 1500 words ish per blog post, uh, informational pages. It's really strange because like I said, it's more of a reference site. So sometimes that page can be 500 words. Sometimes it can be 2000. Um, I'd say on the high end, probably 2,500 uh, but generally speaking, it's, you know, somewhere in the middle there for the most part, probably around 1500 usually. Okay. And can you make some analogy of a different industry, what these 1600 informational posts might be? I have a couple ideas that I might throw out if you draw a blank, but yeah. Do, is there some analogous industry where there might be these kind of posts where, cause people may have a hard time thinking about 1600 pieces of content that actually yeah, need, um, need to be the, out there. The, yeah. The example I can give is if let's say, uh, you created a website that was a fitness website and you wanted to write a detailed page on every single gym that was in a particular state or maybe across the whole nation. Uh, that's a, a farther degree than what I've done, but it's something similar to that. Or like if you, if you started a website, uh, and I, I've talked about this multiple times, but, um, you know, you started a website, uh, on getting a driver's license and you wanted to create a, you know, 50 pages, one for every state on how to go through the DMV, you know, something like that. Um, it's kind of along those lines, but maybe the gym one's a better example. So, yeah, per I think that's a perfect example. I was going to say like, golf courses or something like that, where yeah. there are, you know, potentially a, a lot of them in every county. And then you can expand that and you can end up with, you know, tens of thousands of, it's kind of like a directory or something, tens of thousands of pieces of content where people yeah. would legitimately look for it. And each one might not get much traffic, but 
you have a lot of them. So great. Yeah. From a content structure standpoint, how templatized is this? It seems like, you know, like you said, some of them are fairly short, some of them are much longer. So how did you direct your writers to actually create those, you know, non-blog posts, these informational posts? Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, they're looking at the, the, the specific resource that, um, I'm writing a page about and basically they have a set of kind of questions or areas that they have to focus on, uh, within each. So these are fully templated. Uh, I don't see a need to, I'm, I'm a huge fan of templates, by the way, guys, I use them for one hour professor. I use them for everything. Um, but yeah, so I templated them, um, to the point to where it's like, okay, answer this part of it answer this part, answer this part. And then, you know, here's where you have some wiggle room, uh, to add any special other things that should be mentioned for this particular, um, this particular resource. And they're then able to do that. But, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of templates. I use them all the time. Every single one of those pages, uh, goes through the same questions, same, you know, not the same answer, but, uh, the same questions and detailing all the information for the, the user. Cause honestly, it's, it's good to do it that way because, I looked at my competitor, I saw what they were doing. I thought, okay, what else can I add to make my pages even more valuable? Uh, what, you know, bits of information added, I think like four or five each, uh, and stuff that people definitely need. And then went a little bit more in depth and, you know, just kind of let the writer do what they do. Any issues with producing that amount of content? Um, it's been kind of a challenge because yeah, it's just, it's actually just one blogger, uh, one writer who is doing 10 articles or 10 posts a week. Um, the reference ones, the reference pages that I built out or informational pages, if you will, um, she doesn't have as much of a hard time with because she's really just looking, trying to find information in various sources and then collectively putting it all into one page. Um, so she has, sometimes it's tough cause she can't find the information, right? Certain places don't have the information. Um, but she's trying to kind of put that into a culmination of a page. Uh, so that hasn't been too bad. Uh, so it's about, like I said, it's been 10 a week, usually about eight, maybe nine of those are the informational pages. And then one or two of those are informational blog posts. Can you share how much you're paying like per week or per month for that particular writer? Yeah. Um, roughly my content budget for this month, uh, in total is about $900, uh, each month for, for her specifically to do that. And then I also have an editor that looks over things, but she, you know, she spends maybe 30 minutes a week, you know, it's not like it's, it, she's, she's not super expensive. Sure. Um, so I have that. And then uh, also my, my virtual assistant, which helps. we can talk about structure of the team and all that in a minute, but yeah. Okay. So well, here's where my mind is going. Um, do you have a lot more content that you want to publish on this site? Uh, at the moment, yes. There's a lot more keywords that need to be researched. Believe it or not, um, there's it's 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 a large, a large resource of information. So yeah, there's probably, I'd say probably about thirty-two to thirty-five hundred uh, total informational pages. Uh, that will eventually be built. And again, we're at about 1600. So we're at about half. And then also informational blog posts, I'd say we're probably aiming for about 250 to 300 blog posts. So there'll be, there's still quite a bit of writing to go on this site. It's a, it's a big topic for sure. Okay. And then, all right. So there's a lot more content that you want to publish, right? 
And as you publish, does the traffic and revenue sort of incrementally increase each month? It was. <laughs> yeah, it, it does sometimes. Um, it, I mean, that's why I said it's been kind of a slow and steady gain, right, with this site. But it's been kind of interesting because uh, I'm looking at a graph again on my one income report here. And so page views actually have increased just a little bit some months, like one or 2,000 more uh, in, a, in a given month. Um, revenue, for the most part, has been on an upswing uh, and then had a little bit of a downturn and then is going back up again. Um, so for the most part, yeah, there, you know, it, it, like I said, it's just slow incremental growth. Uh, for the most part, there hasn't been that big pop that happened ever with this site. It was just kind of slow and steady. Um, but yeah, for the most part it is what's been a little bit weird as of late is that, uh, like for instance, uh, from last month to the prior month, the traffic increased by a half of a percent. That was the increase amount, right? So it's like nothing. So it's kind of like, well, why isn't that happening when, we're publishing 40 more posts. You know what I mean? Like wh why isn't it increasing more? And I've, I, I feel like sometimes you kind of, with sites, you kind of hit this like invisible plateau at times. Um, and if anybody's wondering like, what is my strategy to get through that? Well, if I, if I was just focusing on this site, I would probably say, okay, well maybe it's time to do a little bit of a link building campaign. Not a huge one. You know, let's just try to get five to 15 more links, you know, that are relevant, that are good. Uh, but I can't really focus on it. So right now, not hit it in the panic button. I'm just kind of going to say, okay, well, let's just keep producing content and let's just assume that Google is going to catch up. Uh, and then the other thing I've been doing too is now that uh, things are ranking, obviously, and things are going pretty well, I'm going back to look at what is bringing in the most traffic and then looking at my positions and saying, okay, well, um, can I increase this? Right? Like if I revise this piece of content, is it possible to increase it? And there's about three posts that if I revise – uh, could definitely yield probably, you know, two to five X more traffic. Um, and they're pretty high volume searches. So, and oddly enough too, those are through the blog posts. Those aren't the informational pages either. So. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And we'll get into monetization here in a, in a second, but yeah, basically my, my thoughts were you're making like $5,000 a month. You just said your content budget is about 900 and you know, it's around 20% something like that, which is a respectable amount to reinvest. And I've never been a person who said you had to reinvest like every dime back into the business. Some people really get off on that sort of idea, but you don't have to do that. I mean, there's no right or wrong way. One can reinvest all the money back into it, but sometimes you have to pay for a mortgage or some other shit that you're yeah. you know, dealing with, which I, I respect. But my thought was, oh, if you have that much more content, why not hire a few more writers? Sounds like you have the templates and systems, you have editors, everything's dialed in. So my thought was, is there anything keeping you from just sort of pouring a little bit more gas on the fire here and publishing more content more quickly? Yeah, I think I think the thing that's holding me back is the rest of my portfolio because <laughs> the way that the way that uh, I work, you know, because I have a whole portfolio, is it's it's like you know people look at that and they're like, wow, you're making five thousand and you have you know nine hundred hours, so you have forty one hundred hours every month to just free and clear, right? No, because I use that to then build other properties that I'm working on. You know, I have the YouTube channel. Well, the YouTube thing is actually about break even right now, but um, there's, you know, the one hour professor site I'm investing heavily in right now into content. So there's that to help me with that. 
Uh, and just, yeah, other projects that I'm working on, there's another site that I'm building right now. Um, and it's about, that one's about $500 a month in content. That's not making anything. So when you add all that together, there is definitely still money being poured back into the business at this particular site. No. Um, and the reason why I think I'm not pouring more onto the fire there is because, um, I get into a, a level of comfort comfortability with my writer, my editor. I like the process. It's low stress. It's going pretty well. I'm seeing increases every month. <laughs> Don't fix it if it's not broken is kind of my thought. Uh, you know, I could throw more into there, but then it's like, well, why? You know, like I'm comfortable with how it's going. It's growing well. And apparently Google likes what I'm doing. So I'm just going to keep doing that. Uh, so I'm okay with doing that considering that I have all the other things inside my site going on anyway, or inside gotcha. my portfolio anyway. Well, and the, the, I mean, basically you're subsidizing your other sites with the revenue from this one. So this brings a little debate and Ron, I didn't tell you that we were going to debate here, but no, I know, here we go. I know you're competitive. Start sweating. <laughs> so you're betting that the sites that you're building now will have a better ROI than if you just put the money back into this site that we're talking about, which right, no one knows. We have no idea. One of those sites could take off. It could make everything else that you've been working on look silly because it's so much bigger and more successful, or it might not turn out like you think and you're sort of spreading yourself thin. I don't have a specific answer, but the bet is there's going to be a better ROI on one of the other pieces of the portfolio, or you wouldn't take the money away from this particular site and subsidize the other one. So any thoughts on that? Am I off base? Or I think you're a thousand percent correct. Um, okay. I'm, I'm taking that gamble. Uh, and you know, that's one of the things is I've always been big on diversifying and thank freaking God I have because, you know, one of my sites got hit by Google AdSense and had issues and, you know, certain times things get hit by the algorithm. I've had that happen. I've lived through that and I've been through it. Um, if someone was brand new, right. And I just want to put this in someone else's perspective. I would say, and it's working really well, then yeah, maybe push more into it. Maybe go a little bit harder, right? Um, I'm not brand new and I have all these other product prod, properties rather that I've been working on. So for me, I see these uh, two other websites in particular, I know for a fact have a larger market, um, have more upside if I can do it right. Can I do it right? There's no guarantees, uh, but I'm betting on myself in that regard. Um, and we'll see kind of where they, where they play out. But, uh, I for sure agree with you that in, you know, in some, uh, in some eyes it might be like, well, why don't you just reinvest it all into this particular website, right? It's going so well. Um, I think I would much rather diversify a little bit, try other projects. Uh, cause if you haven't gotten it already, anybody that's listening, I get a little bored. Uh, and I really am like the quote unquote serial entrepreneur type where I like to try new things. Uh, my wife and I are thinking about buying an Airbnb property, you know, and this is totally outside of online business. So I just get a little bit bored and I enjoy to kind of dabble into different things. Um, and generally speaking, I feel that diversifying is crucial to long-term, uh, you know, long-term being able to kind of stay around for a long time. Because like I said, if I just focused on the one site that really did well, that I had a good exit from, if I just focused on that, I wouldn't have any of the other sites that I have. And I still have a whole portfolio of sites that's bringing me a, a good amount of revenue every month and I'm still able to try new things. So I enjoy that more, but I guess it's a personality thing. Kind of depends on what you like. Yeah, that's a good answer. And the, the great part is like, we don't know, like you can't do both things 
and then go back and, and think, oh yeah, I really screwed up there. So nope. you're making a decision, you're moving forward. You're not in a position where like you have to do one thing or the other. You've given yourself options because of all the hard work you've done over the years. So yeah. Yeah. And I live in Vegas. So taking a gamble, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're living the lifestyle. So, and, uh, I'll, I will add one more thing because I've never gone the portfolio route and I've like actively tried to reduce things and run it under a mastermind. It's sort of morphed into us just hanging out and talking at, at some point, but basically I've like slowly reduced things. And from a stress standpoint, there's like less admin, there's less things on my mind and I'm just calmer because I have fewer things. The diversification might not be as good, although I, I have diversified in other ways. So I sleep well at night and I have fewer like moving parts. And some people like to be busy and like to have moving parts and I don't, I'd rather just be a little bit lazier. So, but th there's no yeah. wrong way. It's just, like you said, a personal preference. You like to be, you know, working on different projects where, uh, maybe you're changing tasks a little more often than I am. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just, I just enjoy, I enjoy the challenge of going into new areas and, and trying to beat the competitors and, and growing and such. And to be, you know, completely transparent, I mean, the, the one website that's taking up a ton of effort in my time right now is the one hour professor site. My portfolio of sites that I have otherwise, honest to God, does not take that much time at all because um, like I said, structuring a team, I have writers, I have an editor, I have a virtual assistant to post stuff. So it really doesn't take me that long to work on those sites. And they're not that big of a distraction. There's sometimes that there's a few emails that come through, but generally speaking, they're really not that bad. The, the tough one is the one hour professor one, because that one's a little bit harder with all the emails. I'll have to bring you back on to talk about that one. I know you, you have a lot of stories to tell yeah. from the last year on that one. So, yeah. okay, well, now's a good time to... Take a quick break and talk about Ezoic and their product Leap. It'll help your site get green and core web vitals. And Ron, do you use that tool? Uh, on some of my sites, yes. And I can report good things. I have nothing bad to say about Ezoic. I recommend it myself. So Awesome. And that is a perfect transition because the site that we're talking about today is monetized with Ezoic. And can you tell us a little bit about any of the integration or like working with Ezoic in general? I know you have some stats on um, the, the earnings per visitor and stuff like that. So can you talk about monetization for us? Yeah. Um, so this particular site, when I had launched it, uh, I didn't. So my quote unquote rule of thumb, right, is usually at about 10,000 page views a month. Page views, not visitors, page views. At that point, I decide, okay, let's let's put display ads on. Um, I mean, I could do it earlier, but it's kind of like why. I feel like it just interferes with the user experience and stuff, so I don't really do it until then. Um, I started out with uh, Google AdSense, I think, for the first like probably three months because I was frankly too lazy to put everything onto Ezoic because it takes a little bit of time. You know, you have to get everything set up and all that. Um, so after that and after it started to make some money, cause I, you know, when you, when you put it onto, um, AdSense, you can kind of see, okay, how much does it make per thousand visitors? You can kind of see that information. Um, and I didn't even know where it would fall. That was like the big gamble with this. Uh, so I didn't know where it would fall. Uh, I think it was around like 20, 25 ish, which isn't bad, especially for a, a site that's just informational. Right. So I was like, oh, well, that's pretty good. And I know or $25 per thousand visitors. Yes. Yeah. Okay. To clarify. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know, um, exactly where Ezo could take it, but 
based on my experience with other websites, I know for a fact, because Ezoic is constantly testing things. So I know that they're going to be able to get more than I could with my own, you know, manually inputting ads. I know that now. Um, and I refuse to use Google auto ads because I had issues with invalid clicks. And that's a whole different thing we don't have to get into. So, um, I, I don't even do that anymore. So I was like, okay, uh, then I had implemented, uh, Ezoic and then had put them onto the site, um, used leap a minimal amount, quite frankly, I'm not, you know, deep, deep entrenched into it to where I'm trying to get the perfect score. I'm not that type of person. It's at a respectable score. It's, you know, kind of mid grade, not the highest, not the lowest. Um, and I've been fine with that. And now I'm looking, it is about $35 per, um, thousand views for that particular site, uh, which is quite an increase. Um, you know, that's, that's quite a bit. So that was able to happen. And for those wondering, like, what did I do? What was the magic sauce? I put it onto Ezoic and I turned on AI placeholders, which is artificial intelligence placeholders. They'll put them in there to try to figure things out. And I left it. And just over time, you know, it optimizes. That's the beauty. And they just test every single page view. They test new layouts and all these different things. And that's how that happens. So can you talk a little bit about how long it takes to actually like integrate? So if someone has a site and they're getting, you know, a few thousand visitors because, um, Ezoic actually removed any page view limits at this point. So you could actually yep. get in there and start integrating. So what's the integration process like and how much time might a person expect to spend on it. Yeah, it really, I mean, honestly, it doesn't take that much time because what you have to do is you have to point your domain to their DNS servers that can take like, they say 24 to 48 hours. Usually it's quicker than that, but that's what they say. Uh, so you get that done. And then it's just a matter of looking at your placeholders and kind of setting everything up. Uh, so there's like a default that you can set up with it. But, um, like I said, I turned on the AI placeholders because that just, it optimizes for you. And, you got to have some patience uh, with this because, you know, sometimes you're going to load your site and you're going to be like, why is this where, you know, this looks so stupid. Well, don't worry because it's not doing that with every page load. You know, it, it just, it's, it's testing things. That's what the system does. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of like actual setup time, probably like, I don't know, I'd say like three to five hours, maybe if that, uh, to get it all set up. And then after you have it set up, if you're doing it the right way, you turn on the AI placeholders, uh, you can just let it do its thing. And then the other thing that I always do is I'll go into there and, you know, specific pages I don't want ads on at all, like the homepage, right? You know, some people like that. I don't. So I always turn them off for that page and then maybe like the about page and, you know, contact us. So there's certain pages where I'll go in and, and copy and paste to get rid of, you know, make sure the ads aren't showing on those URLs. So a little bit of fine tuning, but yeah, not really not too long. I was, I'm just that lazy. And, you know, the whole thing is when I have a portfolio of sites and, you know, one's making five, 10,000 a month, I'm not clamoring to go and switch the ads around on this particular site that's making 200 bucks a month, which, you know, at the time, that's probably what it was making. So it wasn't like my highest priority thing. So. Got it. And just curious as time has gone on you've worked on the site and you're familiar with more of the the content and ideas and the niche and the industry and everything do you think there's any way to monetize this in different ways other than just display ads um if i wanted to yeah i could definitely create informational products um for the audience i know for a fact i could do that uh and put you know a lot of effort into that and a lot of time into that uh, and I would definitely see a return there, maybe make some courses. I'm sure I could do that. Affiliate. No, 
not really. Uh, there's really just not that much of affiliate in this particular area. Maybe like, you know, maybe one or two products in general. Um, you know, I could go and create like a whole community for these people and set up a paid community and this, that, and the other, but then I have to be there and show up and deliver all this value every month and yada, yada, yada. So I'm just not looking to do that. So for me, yeah, I think, I think the number one opportunity would be the informational products and there's definitely something there to be said for it. Um, and if people are wondering, well, Ron, why aren't you doing that? There's an opportunity cost. Cause if I spend my time there and it makes a max of an extra thousand, two thousand $2,000 a month, for someone starting out, they're probably like, yeah, that's worth it. And to me at this point, no, it's not because I can work on my other websites that can make five, 10, 15,000 a month. So that's where really where, you know, there's just, just that opportunity cost and I have to prioritize and make that decision. Where do I, what do I want to work on? And also what kind of like, what kind of lifestyle do I want to set up for myself? So like in my last income report, I announced that my wife and I are having a kid. Uh, we are having a, a little baby girl, uh, in April of 2022, she is due, so it's kind of like, you know, I think that has helped me kind of take a step back and look at things and say, how do I want to do this? You know, do I want to be like Doug and be a little bit more chill? Yeah, maybe that'd be a good thing, you know, like make sure I can spend time with my kids. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a part of it, too, is, uh, you know, instead of going as hard as possible at all times, maybe looking at things and deciding where it makes the most sense to spend your time. Indeed. So... From a monetization standpoint, any other things to bring up, talk about? Um, hold on. I'm just looking at things and gathering. No, for the most part, I mean, you know, it's the, I think the biggest thing to take away with this particular site, right? So we have the blog posts, which are the ones that oddly, some of them are actually doing a decent amount of traffic. But the thing is, this site is like one of the other sites, well, a lot of sites that I build where there's 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 or more pages, right? And people may say, well, why, why do you do that? Why do you build so many? Because over time, as you build them, um, your traffic is diversified so much. And there's so much stuff that, you know, the, the income is going to come from all these different places, which is the key to the whole thing. There's not one particular page that can lose rank. And then all of a sudden, you lose $2,000 in a day you know, or in, in a month, I mean, so that's kind of the, the way that I've looked at this particular website, um, and just built it out that way. And I feel like it's been going pretty well. Hopefully the, the invisible plateau that I've hit will end soon. Um, but that's really been the big focus of what I've been doing. So with that, you kind of break the sort of 80, 20 idea that a lot of times people will say, Oh, you know, just 20% of your pages are bringing in most of your traffic and really take care of those. And when I had sites, like some of my early sites were like that. And just like you said, maybe there's one page that's bringing in like 90% of the revenue. And if you lose your ranking, even if you just go from like number one to number two, like your revenue drops by 40%, something mm -hmm. dramatic. So mm -hmm. you don't face that at all because nope. like you said, it's so diversified. Like the top page is probably only getting like 1% of the traffic, right? Something like that. Yeah. I think, I think the top page last time I saw was 3% of the traffic, which is, not a crazy amount. Um, and that particular page has like no competition either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like the beauty of it. Like conversely, the one of our professors that I'm working on, it's exactly what you said. If I go from position one to four, that could be a lot of money in a given month. And I don't, I mean, now I'm kind of seeing both sides of it. I definitely prefer the, uh, you know, let's, let's have 3000 pages and lose a page and oops, 
no big deal. You know, as long as like the trend continues to go up overall, for sure. I like that better. So one, one piece of data that you said you had that I haven't asked you yet is I think the, the total revenue that you've earned and the total expenses and kind of the ROI, the big picture. Can you talk about those pieces of information? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, I'm a psycho with numbers and it's, you know, like these income reports, I do them every month. And this is, this is for me, right? Like, this is great to see this stuff because it's kind of like, where are we really at with this? You know, it's so hard to keep track of this stuff. So, um, in terms of investment into the site, it's been about 36,900 ish. Uh, and how much money has the website made? 38.5. So the total ROI on this site right now. So the actual profit walking away has been about $1,700, um, total. And that's after all content, everything's been invested. If I were to turn around and sell the site right now, I think you mentioned this earlier, but if I were to turn around and sell the site right now, assuming around $5,000 a month in um, profit, which I I think is, I, I could just turn off uh, content production and, you know, sit there for three months and just say it's all profit. Um, I would say it, it will probably be, if I were to sell it, 150 to 175,000 um, is probably where uh, it would end up selling for, I think, at this point. Got it. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's always good to hear those numbers and, you know, people can hear the whole story from the very beginning, you know, April 2019, the slow growth. And then you've, I think you probably slowly invested and then it ramped up. You started putting more in. Um, and I encourage people to check out, I've, I've been doing a case study with a student of mine, Christy, who earns about half from affiliate revenue and half from display ads. And she started her site in like October of 2018. But the, you know, when you earn from affiliate products, like typically you're going to earn more like per visitor most of the time yep. per page and all that stuff. So even with like the Amazon commission rate um, being lowered effectively in 2020, um, she's still able to earn, you know, quite a bit from Amazon. So anyway, I encourage people to contrast like sort of the timeline and the earnings overall. And I think she spent roughly about the same, um, like 32,000 or so, something like that. Yeah. And she's been hovering in the like six to $7,000 range, something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's funny because people, you know, when you, I, I know when I started out, if someone said, oh, I've invested $37,000, like I could never invest. I get it. But you, yeah, that's a lot of money, but you have to understand that's over about two years. And most of the money that I've invested into this site, um, you know, it was the profit that the site was making. So it's not like I was taking this money out of pocket and, you know, investing a thousand, two thousand a month. It wasn't anything like that. It was kind of like a slow investment in the beginning. It started to make a profit. It started to be break even. And I love when it hits break even because at that point I'm like, all right, let's really pour it on. And like I said, you know, 10 articles a week, 40 a month. That's at this point, I poured on about as much as I can. Uh, and it still makes a profit every month, which is great. So, right, very cool. Well, Ron, any anything else on this site that I forgot to ask you about? Um, no, I think we're pretty. I think we're pretty clear on it. Yeah, no, I think we're good. I don't have any other metrics for you, but <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just in general, like I said, at this point, it's cool because I've reached that point with this site where it's getting. Um, it's starting to get those organic links, which is also a very good sweet spot to be. Uh, I don't have to do any more link building. I haven't focused on it. And some pretty high domains are coming to my site and, and you know, linking over, which is a great place to be. So, 
Very cool. Well, we'll put links so everyone can get to your stuff, but where should people go to look for you and uh, your content? Yeah, just uh, onehourprofessor.com spelled out. Uh, or if you want to find me on YouTube, you can do it there too. Or on Facebook or just Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, blah, blah, blah. All, all those places. That's one hour professor. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Yeah. And if people have questions, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. We'll have Ron back on. We'll talk about other stuff. I don't know what yet, but we'll have Ron back on pretty soon. So thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's great to be here again.